Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. It is good to be with you again. I know I say that a lot, but it really is. It is good to be with you. And it's good to be together. It's healthy. It's needed. Um, stepping into life group season this week, I heard repeatedly in each group, I'm so glad life groups are here. I've missed this. And let me just tell you, I know Sunday morning doesn't allow for a lot of deep conversation, but when you're not here, you're missed. And I want you to know that you're prayed for and you're thought of throughout the week. And uh, we do love you. And so we're going to step out and we're going to step in. And uh, each week this month, uh, we're, we're kind of taking our temperature. We're, we're pausing for our pulse. And I know that every one of you that is in this room has a pulse. Um, a pulse that's running through your body, but you also have a pulse of your life. And we're taking a pulse of our life in this moment, a snapshot of the moment. Many of you have been using pieces of paper. Some of you have been using your phones. So whatever you have been using, or if you haven't been using anything, you can pull out a piece of paper and you can pull out your phone. Some of us are digital, and that's okay. Some of us are analog, and that's okay. Um, but we'd ask that you pull out whatever it is, and I'm going to ask you four questions, and we're going we're gonna to pause for our pulse. And uh, these four questions are something that you can do throughout your week. Um, whether you're feeling in moments of stress or before you start your day or in the middle of your day or at the end of your day, somewhere along the way, this will help you become self-aware. Give a snapshot of your, your mind, your body, your soul, and your relationships. So let's just dive in. How's your body today? How is it? My body feels really rested for the first time this week. Um, I experience that. I'm free of a headache. Um, I'm, I'm just rested. How's your body? Take a snapshot. Describe it with a couple words. So if you're looking at me going, I don't know, just go ahead and do it. Take one or two words. How's your head? Your thought life. What are the thoughts in your, in your mind? Are they anxious? Are they worrisome? Are they peaceful? Are they calm? You feel like it's Pong in your head. If you're like 15, you don't know what Pong is. It's an old game. Um, it's like ping pong. Um, how's your heart? Meaning, how's your soul? Is your soul at peace? My mom's favorite song is, It is well with her, my soul. Are you well? Are you depleted? How would you describe your soul in this moment? And how are your key relationships? 
Are you using people in your life? Does there need to be forgiveness? Bless you. Are you content? Are you satisfied? I'm going to give you about three or four minutes, and I'd like for you to answer these questions. Write them down or type them down. Write them down or type them down. Go ahead. Bless you, my daughter. <laughs> Take a few moments. Take a few moments. Be brave. Go ahead and answer them. How would you describe yourself today? haven't finished them, that's okay. If you've been doing this the last three weeks and you've been doing it in the same spot, piece of paper, phone, you now have a record of three weeks of a snapshot of where you are. Um, and you can probably, you might be able to see some patterns in your life and in your mind patterns in your relationships, um, patterns with your soul. This is one of the reasons why we're taking that snapshot, taking that pulse. The other aspect of this is that, that you be can begin to pray over those areas of your life, that you can actually see it. God definitely wants you to be holy, but he also desires for you to be whole. And you're taking a snapshot of your whole, your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole body. And uh, these are areas in which you can begin to pray over in your own life. And this is a tool and a technique that you can just carry through your life because many of us lack self-awareness.
God also desires you to be aware of yourself and your patterns and your behaviors and how you're interacting with people and with him because all of our relationships and even how we view ourselves impacts our relationship with God. And so we're going to take a moment as we come out of this and we're going to pray. So choose one or two or three or all of those areas that you're seeing and pray over those areas. Uh, bow your heads and your hearts. I'll let you have that conversation. Jesus, help us recognize positive patterns in our life. And help us recognize the not-so-healthy patterns in our life. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you cover all of us, all parts of us, our mind, our soul, our body, and our relationships. So we may be more like you than the world. It's in your name we ask it. Amen. Have you ever experienced tunnel vision? That, not necessarily talking about the physical phenomenon where you have issue with your peripheral vision and you're only perceiving the world through a tube or a tunnel, but tunnel vision where you're perceiving the world through one thought pattern or one perspective that, that pigeonholes the way that you think about the world, the way you think about yourself and how you interact with the world. As a juvenile probation officer for about four and a half years, I dealt with a lot of teenagers and even young kids coming in through my door for various uh, reasons, whether it was unruliness, curfew, drug possession, or even the more deviant behaviors such as vandalism, breaking and entering, uh, felony assault, or sexual offenses of various degrees. And in fact, most of my caseload, probably two-thirds of my caseload, were those felony offenders. And it was like a revolving door of teenagers, whether it was through my door, through the door of the courtroom, through rehab, uh, through Department of Youth Services, uh, and it was very eye-opening to the disintegration of the family unit, where their families were broken apart, whether they were missing one parent or missing both parents, and, and everybody was hoping for the best of their kids when you experience that on a daily, you begin to get tunnel vision and you begin to see the world 
through brokenness and violence and depravity. For the last 20-some years, I've sat behind this nameplate that has my name on it and says probation officer. And nowadays, people, when they come into my office, they're not juveniles and they're not family units that are hoping for the best for their kids. They're, they're church folk or community folk like you. And when they sit in front of my desk and they see this nameplate and they read this nameplate as probation officer, their first statement is, you were a probation officer? Followed by, I can't see you being a probation officer, right? But they rarely, if ever, because they're respecting space and property, do they ever turn the nameplate around and see what I see? See, as I was a juvenile probation officer, I also understood that I could be subject to tunnel vision, just like all of us in this room, just like good Christian church people. We create tunnel vision. And so as I sat behind this nameplate, dealing with juveniles who had been arrested or on mediation or going to DYS and their families I also looked at my nameplate from a different perspective in the center is, is a, a little trinket it's a cross that has Jesus engraved from a friend of mine in college that gave me a, this as well as some other things but also on this nameplate the back side of this nameplate there's scripture and salient phrases that really stuck to my soul and my mind as I was walking through my journey. One of the scriptures is because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And actually the, the phrase is because he who is greater in you, he who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And I, I actually change it a little bit. Greater is he who is in Stephen. I personalize it. Greater is he who is in Stephen, in me, than he who is in the world. I needed to be reminded on a daily basis that greater is God than my circumstances. Greater is God than the situations that are in front of me. Greater is God than myself. See, when we look at our circumstances in our life, whether we're, sometimes, whether we're aware of it or not, we actually give power to our circumstances. And our mindset becomes very jaded, distorted, skewed, and the balance is are outweighed. Some of the phrases on the back of this nameplate seem random. One is, it just doesn't matter. Came from a sermon where we were told it just doesn't matter. The small things that interrupt your life, they just don't matter. It's the big things that really matter. But one that's most salient 
that has stuck with me was one of those rare opportunities when the youth pastor actually gets to preach on Sunday, preach on Sunday morning to the Sunday morning crowd. Big Don, he was the youth pastor at Zinganaz, and uh, he's been a dear friend of mine for 23 years. I don't remember a lick of anything else that he said, except for one phrase, one phrase, one more for Christ. One more for Christ. It's after that Sunday morning service when I went into my office at 7.30 the next day, took out a post-it note and wrote that phrase, one more for Christ. Cut that post-it note out and used some tape and taped it to the back of this nameplate so that my tunnel vision can open up and my peripheral can widen so that I remember the purpose for which I exist and we exist one more for Christ because I don't know if you've been in social work or in probation work or law enforcement or even teaching or whatever profession it is sometimes you don't see the successes right away do you and in fact in those professions, you rarely ever see successes. So you get jaded. You have a distorted and skewed mindset. One more for Christ. This was a mindset of Christ. One more. In fact, as Jesus was standing with a crowd of tax collectors and sinners as well as the religious elite. He told three stories in succeeding order. For those of you that are familiar with the Bible, you know those stories. For those of us that aren't so familiar, let us all have a refresher. It's the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and it's the parable of the wasteful son. And if you don't remember how those stories pan out, start out, the front end of the first story is suppose a shepherd had 100 sheep. Suppose a woman had 10 coins. And there was a man with two sons. See, I, as I sat there day in and day out behind this, I was growing as a new Christian. And I didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. I took Jesus at his word. And I took God at his word. And so, I started asking him one more. One more for you. One more. One more. Because that's his mindset. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked him. I didn't know any better. I took him for his word. I was a young believer in my faith. 
I believe that Jesus said, for everyone who asks, who, who asks, receives. If anyone one fi- uh, seeks, he will find, and whoever knocks, the door will be open. He took him at his word. I believed him. Believed him when he said, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers in his field. One more for Christ. I took him at his word. I didn't know any better. I was young in my faith. Back to those stories. One more for Christ. He has that mindset. When we look at the the stories, the first story started out with 100. And then there were 99. And there was one that was lost. The shepherd went for the one. The story of the lost coin. The woman had ten, but lost one. And now there were nine. She turned her house upside down for the one. And then there was a father with two sons. And one wished he was dead. Got his inheritance and left. And now there was one. And that father watched the horizon every day for the one son to come back. See, the rejoicing happened when the one returned. And there was a hundred. The rejoicing and the celebration happened when the one was found. And now there were ten. The celebration occurred when the one returned and both sons were under the care of the Father. Humanity began at 100. Humanity began at 10. Humanity began at 2. But then one left. One went astray. One walked away. One was lost. Jesus' mindset is one is a one more mindset. As a church, as a group of people who follows Christ, we've allowed ourselves to have tunnel vision in our life. Good enough is good enough. No more. But Jesus says one more. One more for Christ. In fact, if we look at the stories in the Gospels, even in the New Testament, it's that one midnight conversation, that one-on-one conversation with Nicodemus. It's the one high noon conversation with the Samaritan woman. It's the one-on-one conversation with Matthew at the tax collector booth. It's the one-on-one conversation with the adulterous woman where there was no condemnation, no stones thrown. All the men, young and old, walked away convicted of sin, and Jesus stood eye to eye, not condemning, but 
freeing her and pushing her forward to no longer live in the life of sin. It's one more. It's that one-on-one conversation that Jesus has with Judas before he's arrested and calls him friend. It's the exchange, the beautiful exchange between Jesus and this insurrectionist and murderer Barabbas in that public trial where Jesus goes captive while he sets the insurrectionist and murderer free in that beautiful exchange one more. It's that one more as Jesus is literally gasping for breath from the very lungs that give you life. And he extends eternal life in paradise to the thief on the cross. One more. It's that conversation that Jesus has amongst the disciples and the women with Thomas, who's dubbed the doubter, who really just wants to see to believe. And Jesus meets him where he is and shows him the holes for the nail and the hole in his side from the spear. One more. It's that after-dinner conversation with Peter, the leader of all the disciples, who had denied Jesus not once, but three times. And you know what? The disciples picked up on this. One more. In fact, Peter stood before a group of people at Pentecost. We read it, and there were 3,000 that were added, but he didn't know. He didn't know the number that would be added. One more. It's Peter and, and John as they go to the temple to pray. And they find a man who had been living his life on good enough and handouts who was crippled and begging. They could not give him what he asked for, but what they gave him was healing, not only of the body, but of the soul. One more. It was Stephen. Not me. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, preaching to a a crowd of people who were listening that were starting to get really, really angry. So much so that they pulled up stones and they started to stone him to death. But one of those, one listening in the crowd, was Saul from Tarsus, the great persecutor of the church, who eventually, eventually, became a disciple of Jesus, a church planner, and a leader in the church. One more, one more for Christ. Christ has a one more mindset. I was walking into the funeral home. And I was greeted by a lobby full of pictures. And I stood in the doorway. And I looked into the parlor. And there were three caskets. And in the distance, I saw one of the caskets had something on it. And I 
step closer and closer, and I saw that it was one of those toy capsules that Apollo, the Apollo mission, had used for re-entry. And I looked in the casket, and there's Kevin. See, I, I walked into my office fresh in the morning one day, and there on my office was the blue folder. And on that blue folder was a post-it note. And on that post-it note, the chief probation officer wrote, change this boy's life. And I opened the folder. There's always a little picture cut out of the probationer. And it was Kevin. He was this 10-year-old kid. 10 who had been unruly, to say the least, prone to outbursts and anger and throwing tables and chairs at teachers. What a lovely job. But he was a 10-year-old kid, still wearing Spider-Man t-shirts. No offense, Matthew. It's Batman, I know. Beyond that, he had the Velcro wristwatch and the Kool-Aid mustache. And I spent time with Kevin weekly, whether he was in my office or I was at school, helping him with his math, talking to him about anger management and how he can control his anger. And over the course of six months, Kevin was doing pretty good. He did great, actually, so much so that he was released from probation. See, the chief wrote this note and put it on the folder tongue-in-cheek, right? Changed this boy's life. So I took the tongue out of the cheek and I, I actually put the post-it note at the center of the filing cabinet that had all of my probationers' folders in there. So any time that I would open that cabinet to retrieve a file... I saw this post-it note to get out of my tunnel vision. To remember the purpose for which I was there in my job. I wasn't there just to do a job. Side note, this is for free. Whatever you do, you're not doing it just to do a job. Your job isn't for a paycheck. Your job is to impact people. Whatever you may do. So, I walk into my office 7.30 in the morning. About 7.35, received a call. It was from Kevin's aunt I had worked with his aunt through the mental health agency that I worked with previously worked with her kids and her and she relayed the news that Kevin and his mom and his sister 
had just passed away in an accident. They ran through a stop sign because of fog. And they all passed away. And a post-it note, it's on a filing cabinet. And a little sermon on a Sunday morning from a youth pastor. And the phrase, one more for Christ, made a whole lot more sense than I had first realized. So, on the back of that post-it note, reads, show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. For each man's life is but a breath. From the book of Psalms. And in it, I have the last piece of paper from the last time I saw Jim Johnson at the hospital. You only live once. And the person next to you only lives once. The person you work with only lives once. The students that you go to school with only live once. Your family only lives once. Your neighbor only lives once. Life is but a breath. Today, I challenge you, all of you sitting in this room and those listening online, there's a community that you live in, whether it's Sydney whether it's Shawnee, whether it's Wapak, whether it's Crydersville. There are people in that community in which you are strategically placed who need Jesus Christ. We will no longer accept good enough, will we? Our prayer is one more, one more, one more. God, one more for Christ, one more opportunity, one more conversation. Lord Jesus, one more for you, one more for your kingdom, one more. Because like the universe, God desires his kingdom to expand and deepen. That only happens when we when we begin to pray very intentionally. When we begin to live very intentionally. When we realize that our life is 
but fresh. God, one more. So your challenge, the practicality, the street level, boots on the ground, walking the pavement, wherever you are, whatever you do, put these four words in front of you. May it not only just be a phrase from a sermon, may it become a prayer and a cry of your heart. One more. One more. God, one more. Whatever it takes, one more. One more for you. One more for your kingdom. One more. Would you mind bowing your heads? didn't hear her there was a young lady who came into Nikki's life came out of trafficking and uh, you said that she's tried to go back into so it's real very very real at one point you were someone's one more you were don't forget that don't forget that father we sit before you we stand before you and it's as simple as this God one more one more for you. And when that one arrives, one more. One more, Jesus. May this group of people, this tribe of misfits on the corner of Court and Benton Street, from youth group to children's church to, to right here, one more. Will you send them? Will you use us? Will our life become more intentional? Live with purpose. May we pray and ask you, Lord of the harvest, the one who sees the fields ripe. One more. Lord, we pray for this young lady. S. God, she's captive. She's captive. Not only physically, but she's captive mentally. She's captive in her soul, her body. Her relationships are captive. God, we, we pray and we ask you that this young lady is broken free. I ask for a supernatural understanding in her life a light that only you can provide an insight that only you can provide and may that drive her out Lord whatever needs to happen to release her from that captivity from trafficking 
we ask in the name of Jesus Christ that, that it happen by your hand. And that she's not only freed physically, but she's freed in her soul. And healing begins to happen. I thank you that you have brought her into Nikki's life. And I ask that you use Nikki and her whole social network. It's real, Lord. It's real. One more. One more for you. This isn't just some Sunday morning sermon. It's, it's a prayer of our heart. One more. Use this group of people. Where they are, where they live. Use their physical conditions. Use their jobs. Use their athletics abilities. Use their education. Use the people in which they are planted next to in the, in the, in the, in the checkout line. Use them. One more for you. Man, because then we celebrate. The ones return, and we are whole. One's returned and forgiven and freed. And there's more rejoicing in heaven because a sinner has repented, because somebody has been broken free than when a whole group of righteous people gathered together. Yes, I know you love that, Lord. But man, you want to see your kingdom grow. God, use us. Will you please? I love you, Jesus. Grant us this mindset. Grant us this prayer, this heart. It is in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray today. You might be that one more today. You. I don't know where you are. All of you are in relation to God. But you might be that one more. Who's just sensed that, man, I want, I want more for my life than what I've, I've lived. If that's you, May this be that moment. I was just asked that as we you just give your life over right now. Say, God, I want more. I want more for my life than this. I want more for my life than sin. I want more for my life than Whatever the case may be, I just want more of you. I want you in my life. Lord, I give it to you. Forgive me of my sin. And make me new and fresh. Clean me up. Empower me to choose differently. You're the one more today. You are. You're the one more step into him give him your life and if you've prayed that prayer with sincerity of heart the kingdom has just expanded 
and heaven is rejoicing, celebrating over you, celebrating over your heart, celebrating over your eternity, celebrating that heaven has come to earth in your life. Praise his name. And if that's you, whether you're here today or you're online and you're listening, will you please let us know so we can begin to pray with you and walk with you on your journey? Jesus, I love you, and I thank you for these people. Thank you for this ministry. You're awesome, God. I love you. It's in your name we pray today. Amen. Will you please stand? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Will you love your neighbor as yourself? And pray for one more. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you. And that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.